to, in other words, part of Perfect World Network Radio. In other words, is sponsored in part by Social Buzz Pros, online media experts. And we actually have them with us in the studio today, in the studio, in my living room today where I'm recording. Welcome. So we have Emily Bishop, Cinta Jimenez, who owns the company, and Bridget Rungi. Bridget Rungi. Okay. So ladies, first of all, I want to know what you all do with the company. Cinta, can you start, please, because you're the one who started the company. Um, yeah, so we are um, an online marketing company, and um, we're we're a um, we're also a, a digital agency that focuses on um, online strategy. So we do everything from managing, um, you know, uh, paid advertisements online to creating um, content um, online, such as blogs, and managing. Um, social media accounts like Instagram and Pinterest and Twitter and Facebook. So, so basically um, we know that marketing, you have to do online marketing yes. if your business is going to thrive right now or even survive. Yeah. But, and you can handle every aspect of that, correct? Yeah. I would say we are a pretty much one-stop shop. We okay. also do web design. We do um, search engine optimization. We do... Um, you know, branding and logo mm-hmm. design um, for a lot of uh, new companies. That's one of the first things we do for them is help them design like a new logo and um, those sorts of things. So it isn't just mar- uh, well, it is marketing, but it isn't just social media. No, it's not just social media. Okay, yeah, it's a little bit bigger than that. Okay, and you can do all or part of that for for company right. correct it depends on just whatever the the needs are of the right. company i think you, yeah you don't have to farm the whole thing out yeah. yeah and i think for you know pretty much most companies have a budget you know yeah. so there's things that <laughs> yes. they need to prioritize um, you know there are companies where maybe um, they're very focused on initially just growing a follower count on their social mm-hmm. channels, maybe other companies. Let's hold the details for now. Yeah. We'll go into that, but I want to introduce the other oh, two. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Emily Bishop. Now, you're the one that I have had, because I, I do work with them. We'll get into that towards the end of the show. But, Emily, you're the one that I've had the most day-to-day contact with. What is your job my job i am the a social media manager emily is very soft-spoken too so you'll have to listen closely i'm a social media manager at social buzz pros and i um handle a lot of the content production for our clients so like with you um i help produce you know facebook posts tweets um instagram uploads um blogs if need be but it's not just the content because, like, I can do most of my own content. Right. But what to do with it. Right, exactly. Is what you do. Yeah, we, I help bring, like, diversity and consistency, I guess, um, to your posting. So, say, you know, you should be posting. Again, hang on. Right? Hang on to yeah. the details. Okay. <laughs> okay. Bridget. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the first time I've met Bridget, mm-hmm. but she is going to be Going to be Emily, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Emily. <laughs> Emily got an offer to relocate that was just too good to refuse. <laughs> so Bridget is going to be taking over mm-hmm. now. Is there anything you want to add in general to what it is you do? Um, well, I've only been in the office with them for two days so far. So okay. I'm, I'm very, very new. Basically, I've just kind of but, been shadowing Emily. But we're going to assume that you've done this stuff right, a lot. Right, <laughs> I was a journalism major at school. Uh-huh. Um, I just recently graduated. So mm-hmm. I do a lot of work with content and writing. You know, people often think you don't want someone right out of school. They're too young. I'm telling you, for this stuff, that's exactly mm-hmm. who you no, want. No, that's... It's, it is. I was in-house mm-hmm. um, at a large organic skincare company and I was the director of social media and I was um I had a very difficult time I mean I was working with marketers who had a lot more experience how, how, how than old me. were you uh at the time I was 30 okay. 31 and um I was working with marketers traditional marketers who had you know 20 plus years of experience in in radio and <laughs> print um and uh, and even some television, and 
I was teaching them Pinterest. I was teaching them Instagram. I knew when I started my company, mm-hmm. I wanted everyone that I hired to be a millennial because yeah. social media is so extremely intuitive and in cracking the code. It's so, when I call Emily and I'm like, hey, Emily, you know, do it like X, Y, and Z. She knows exactly. Because she, she the first thing she checked this morning was Instagram, you know? That's <laughs> the thing. Work with millennials. Like, they yes. know what they're doing. They know yeah. what they're doing when it comes this, to online. This is one of the problems that a lot of companies are facing when they try to do online marketing. Yes. First of all, a lot of them are a little slow to jump on the bandwagon mm-hmm. and straight out, you got to do it. Mm -hmm. But the problem is like, I am over 50. We'll leave it at that. But I am, (laughs) I can learn pretty much anything, but it's not ever going to be second nature to me. Mm -hmm. You all, this is the way your brains were formed. A lot of people don't know this, but brains actually work differently. Not, not our brain, not my brain, because you know, I've, I've, Mine's already formed, but the younger people, young people, their brains actually function differently Mm -hmm. and in such a way that online media is, is, is second nature Mm -hmm. to them. Even the ones who don't know it and don't think they're very good can do more than I can. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's just part of that intuitiveness that you need to be interested in. It's intuitive to you. And you need to be using it just Mm -hmm. as a normal, you need to be part of uh, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine who is a CEO of a, of a startup in Tokyo, uh-huh. and we were talking about actually when I was interviewing people for Emily's position, and the first thing that she, we I was like, you know, I'm having a challenging like you know, I'm talking to a lot of kids and I just don't know who to pick, and she was like, you need to start looking at who's on social media and like, do they really use it? And, you know, you got to find someone who really likes to use it too, Mm -hmm. because, and I think that that's the attitude of a lot of people, whether, you know, it's a social media firm or, you know, Mm -hmm. a a digital agency like ours um, that specializes in it, or it's another kind of company looking for someone in house. You really don't want someone who's off the grid in their real life, you know, Um, because, you, you want them to know what's trending because they just checked it this morning, you right. know, and, or you want without to, being told. Yeah. And you want to say, you know, if there's an algorithm change, you want to make sure they already know because they got the, you know, alert when they logged mm-hmm. into Facebook a day ago and you don't have to like re-explain everything. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of it is, um, you know, and someone who doesn't get confused, you know what I mean? You don't want someone who doesn't, who has a Facebook, but my granddaughter set it up and I just like to look at the pictures of everyone you know you want to be with someone who knows engaging and also knows how to go into the back end and if they want to change things they can do it and it's not I think there was the training process and I've done it I've trained people who were not millennials trying to figure it out and it was kind of like a crabby situation mm-hmm. for a lot of people where they found it frustrating. Yeah. And then they were like, this is so dumb and I don't want to do it. And what's and, the yeah, point? And, and again, we're not yeah. saying <laughs> that these people can't learn it. Mm-hmm. It's just that if you're not raised digital, mm-hmm. it's it's not... It's, it's like you can learn a language and you can speak it fluently, mm-hmm. but it's not ever going to yeah. be your native language. I mean, I would even say that working... Uh, you you'd want to work with younger people, especially if you're looking if you're contracting help, because mm-hmm. they're going to do it faster. Uh-huh. So your costs are going to be lower. That's just I mean the I remember assigning my staff Pinterest once a week. Just mm-hmm. get, sit on Pinterest and you know pin pin these things to our you know our various brands, and that was very difficult for them. Now, Pinterest, that. just to catch anybody yeah, up who very doesn't difficult. know, it's like an online bulletin board. You mm-hmm. put pictures Social and Social bookmarking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, no, no, that's yeah. a term that mm-hmm. actually even I don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just there's a lot of social bookmarking sites. Pinterest is one that what, we But use. what does that mean, social bookmarking? It's basically just uh, what Pinterest is. is it's a, So it's a bulletin board, but what it uh-huh. is is it's a place where you can hold links. 
that you're interested in and then oh, you okay. can review later and then everyone else can see it. So it's like, you know, oh, that's what you mean by bookmark. bookmark. It's like you would put it on your bookmark yeah. bar right. on your browser. Yeah. Um, you know, so, um, um, stumble upon is another social bookmarking site. That's really popular. Yeah. The specifics don't really matter. I just want people to understand what the concept oh, right, is of right. these things. So it's all those websites where you would upload a link. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rather than mm-hmm. post an entry, right, mm-hmm. which is generally what you do with Facebook right. and LinkedIn and mm-hmm. Twitter, mm-hmm. right, which I think are still the big three, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Along yeah, with they're Pinterest, still pushing, yeah, yeah, they're, they're still the biggest. I mean, um, you know, like the competition for a lot of like new um, social networks is to try to enter that fold. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's really hard. Um, oh, get up there with the yeah, with like the, yeah, I think the newest is Instagram. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was you know, say that. and yeah. before Instagram, but they are actually getting up there with those. Oh, three. They're, oh, they're, they're there. They are. They're there. They are the fastest growing, fastest growing social social network. Um, so, what about um, YouTube? I know, strictly speaking, that is not social media, but. Um, they are the largest search yeah, engine. Yeah, YouTube is really popular. Um, there are some clients that I have that I think would do amazing on it. I, mm-hmm. I think there are some clients that they should not or it just doesn't fit with them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, like I have a beauty client right now that's interested in starting YouTube, video, creating mm-hmm. YouTube like tutorials. That would be a really good idea. For yeah. Um, for instance, for you. Because it's visual. Yeah, yeah. For instance, for you, we suggested a podcast. You know, uh-huh. so there are certain channels that are going to be better for some people, depending mm-hmm. on their industry and what they do, than others. And, well, you know, also, that would be a yeah. lot more valuable. This all <laughs> is just overwhelming. The first time I had Cinta on my show, <laughs> I'm, I'm just thinking, oh, my gosh. Thank God we have companies <laughs> like hers. <laughs> I have a friend, like, you know, who is a CEO CEO of a company in Japan. And for as modern as Japan is, the Japanese population is extremely resistant to online buying, like purchasing things online. They don't want to put their information (laughs) out. Well, they're right next to China, right? And, like, so maybe they're like, I don't want anyone to steal my information. Yeah. They're extremely resistant to that. They love to do things in person. I'm in the packaging. Um, and, um, their packaging is really beautiful. You know, I mean, they'll wrap it one time, then they'll put a bow on it. Then they'll <laughs> put like all these things in the bag and they'll put it in a big, I mean, there's, it's so over the top, but I feel like they're cutting down a lot of trees just to be able to do all this, but, um, it's all about presentation. So, um, I think in places like the Philippines that are developing, you mm-hmm. know, um, because not everyone has a computer and not everyone has a smartphone, television and radio are still really important. You know, um, I think in, in maybe in more conservative places, even if everyone is online, um, maybe, you know, trying to sell online uh-huh. is, um, something that's still, you know, traditional marketing is still something that would be really important, you know, like, you know, um, with printed collateral and those sorts of things. So I do think... Printed collateral. Sorry. Uh, like a flyer. Okay, okay. Like a, or a coupons, printed okay. coupons. Okay. Um, and so it really, I think it depends on the culture. I would probably say, though, in the West, like the Western Hemisphere, um, in more affluent countries, uh-huh. you're going to, you know, I, I think that if a traditional marketer is not getting savvy or getting educated or mm-hmm. educating themselves on online marketing techniques, you know, they, they might get lost in they're, the frame. They're going to get left behind. Yeah. yeah. So what you're saying in this culture, mm-hmm. there may not be a lot of instances where maturity and, um, I think, better. I think maturity and experience can be really helpful. Well, it's always going to be helpful. Yeah. I think it's really, I think maybe though that, that kind of knowledge, say it's an in-house company and there's someone mm-hmm. who's been there for 20 years and mm-hmm. they just know the demographic very, very well. They mm-hmm. might be a really great person to help with creative direction, well, you, you know, know, not execution yeah. because creative direction is when people are choosing, let's just say it's a beauty company. They choose the model. They help choose 
the colors. They help. They know the, the market. They, they know, know who the their market. Who the clients they are. can write yeah. copy, uh-huh. but maybe the execution of that copy is through someone on an infographic posting it on Instagram. You know, so maybe actually copywriting has changed quite a bit too yeah. for um, online. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so and and that was kind of a foolish question the way mm-hmm. I asked it because. Experience and maturity are always yeah. going to be beneficial, and no matter how good the millennials are, mm-hmm. y'all don't have that. Yeah. But I like the way you said it. It's like for the overall, the big picture. This is who our client is. Mm-hmm. This is who. This is how they listen. Mm-hmm. And then the millennials actually do the implementation of it. Yeah, they execute. Yeah. They're. I mean, there's a lot of things. Even like I'm technically a millennial. By two years. Okay. I, I, okay, what is technically millennial? T- technically, it's um, anyone born, I think, from 1980 to 1990-ish, okay. or maybe even I think after. it goes to 95. Or 95. Okay, okay yeah, okay. it's 95. So I was born in 93. So, so at uh, this 80, point. 80 to nine, yeah, 80 to 95, and mm-hmm. then... Um, so how old would they be now? I'm 21 and I was born in 93. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So it's... So we got late teens, who, early 20s. Anyone early who's 18 to 35. Right now. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, just around. Okay. So, yeah, the millennials are going to be better for the implementation. Yeah. I mean, and, and what I was saying was, I mean, I think there are things that even you know, Emily is a lot faster than me at like doing. And I'm sure there are things that Bridget can do that are just going to be like, you know, even faster than me. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, we, we have undergrad interns almost every semester. Mm -hmm. And if I'm like, Hey, get on Instagram and like a bunch of posts and write a bunch of comments. I mean, I had an intern lab, we had an intern for the past two semesters who could just get all our phones were blowing up with, you know, a ton of responses and she could just do it. She was just doing it wow. like on her phone and commenting and making friends and doing whatever she was doing yeah, on her phone. Um, Cause she can see that small yeah, stuff on, yeah, on behalf of our clients. And she was really, really good at it, you know? Wow. Um, so I think the execution is very well done by millennials. Right. I think, if, but the overall planning may be yeah. better done by the experience. Yeah, people. I think, well, it's good to have that voice. I, mm-hmm. One of the things I've noticed with a lot of companies is when there is also um, too much rigi- being rigid. You know, I think that best, never works. Yeah, the best relationship is one that I think that's more synergistic uh-huh. where um, because you the way that we operate even is everything that we, we she's done, talking, she's gesturing to the, to er, yeah. everything that we Emily do initially is a test for any new client. We onboard, uh-huh. we talk to you, we go, okay, what do you think your, uh-huh. your business is about? What do you want to talk about? Mm-hmm. And we'll test everything based on that. And we'll also look at competitors. Like one of the first things I said to Emily after I met with you was we got to find out what other radio shows are doing. What are they posting? What are they talking about? What does their social media look like? So, which is something that had never occurred <laughs> to me. To so do. it's a comp- combination of getting to know the client and then also looking at competitors. That's almost the very Mm -hmm. first, like that's onboarding first month. The second month, we look at all of the metrics we have. We look at what worked, what didn't work, what was successful. And then we're getting a little more specific than I want to right now. We're going to do that. But Mm -hmm. for right now, okay, a lot of people are not in a position to hire anyone and they can only do just so much because they're still running their business. What would you say, what platforms are the most important for these people to look at to help themselves? Oh. Nobody's okay. saying anything. I know she oh, okay. Oh, Emily. I want her to go. Yeah. I mean, okay. this is what she does. It honestly, it can depend on your industry, but Facebook and Twitter are standard business practice right now. And then I would say... Instagram would probably come next, um, just okay. because. I, Not Pinterest. I, that's the one I was thinking of. I thought Pinterest was bigger. Pinterest to me is more like do-it-yourself type. Oh, things. okay. So um, it's Instagram. All right. Uh, Pinterest has been successful at launching some businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a really good place to help with visibility. Okay. You know, but, so but the big. Thing. But again, it's also based on industry. So if you are targeting women, <laughs> or lifestyle, or health, or hair or beauty or crafts, like anything with stay-at-home moms. I mean, I read an article about a woman who 
was a stay-at-home mom that made hair bows and launched her business yeah. off of Pinterest, you know? So mm-hmm. there's that whole thing to it. Yeah. But so if you're like a cybersecurity firm, I don't think you need to be on, on Pinterest. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, the whole time you were saying um, mm-hmm. Instagram before, I was thinking Pinterest. The difference is Pinterest is almost all visual. Well, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pinterest is a web base is a, is web based so uh-huh. you can open it on your browser. Um, okay. Instagram is can be open on a browser but it really can only you can only upload photos through a phone. Oh. Um, and it's all it's extremely visual because it's only photos. Pinterest is okay. this, is a social bookmarking site so it has links behind it. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not um, as as visual. The as pictures visual. will grab your attention mm-hmm. on Pinterest. Uh-huh. But you click on the picture so you can go to the link and read the recipe or read the blog right. or read the home tips uh-huh. for stay-at-home moms or mm-hmm. anything like that. So you're looking at the pictures so that you can read something. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, because that's always what's going to grab you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, first of all, let's well, let's talk a little bit about what you all have done for me. Mm-hmm. The show that I first had Cinta on was April 4th of this year, 2000, no, it wasn't, it was April 1st, because it was April Fool's Day (laughs) of 2015, and we made a deal immediately afterwards to uh, partner, Mm -hmm. so... And we began work for you, because I received your check in the middle of April. (laughs) that's when work starts. And I want you to see what it looks like when we take over. So... This is the beginning of April, and then uh-huh. this is the middle of April. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> now, what is it I'm looking at? This is the number, uh, this is your rate of reach. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the what we were seeing was a line that it took me a minute to realize it was actually a horizontal line <laughs> because it was so thin, mm-hmm. and then it just, like, straight line. It did not slope upwards it wasn't a sharp slope it was like a straight line and this is and um, and and it's like how many more times how much can you can you put the increase in in percentage um and i can't do exact percentage right now but i can show you also another visual this is another visual of so this is march this is march Uh uh-huh this is mid-april so these are all your spikes. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's just a whole heck of a lot more activity. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to put one of these at least mm-hmm. on the site so you can see it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll send it to you. Okay. And I did notice, what I first noticed was I was getting a huge amount of friend requests. Mm-hmm. And was that what I was supposed to notice first? Is that what you expected? That can be a result, yeah, that that you are more visible, so more people want to. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, that's the only way I know to gauge visibility. What else does that graph show? Um, So basically what I'm showing um, Susan right now are um, pictures of of her Facebook post reach. And so... You can look, anyone can look if they have a um, public page on Facebook that is for a company or, you know. Oh, it tells you your reach, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can go ahead and look at your insights. And um, basically what, you know, we're looking at is the number of likes that she had. Um, Susan had, you know, you had several pages that we also merged together. Yeah, I think Um, I had four pages. In in merging (laughs) them together, you made your you know, your community stronger. Well, sure, because, yeah, yeah, anytime you focus more, Mm -hmm. it's stronger. So so that helped, I think, a lot with your Facebook engagement. I think that that's why there was such a huge jump. That was one of the first things that we really um, started working with. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing is you were not so regularly posting to Facebook, and your Facebook posts... I don't believe we're as dynamic as they could have been before we took over. Um, when we post for Facebook for you, we have a link, we'll have a photo, we have engaging, you know, um, copy, um, and we post very regularly. So now you have a Facebook page that is active, and when mm-hmm. you have a Facebook page that's active, you're going to have people who like to visit your page. I think one thing that a lot wait, of... Wait, wait, wait. Say that again. I don't think uh, people really get that right yeah so i don't i was just going to say that i don't think a lot of people understand (laughs) that if you post 
only when you have a sale uh-huh. or whenever something major is happening to your company, mm-hmm. no one's going to check your page and definitely no one's going to like it if they look, if even a cursory scan of your activity okay. reveals that you only post, you know, once every November, you know, <laughs> and, you know, for your Black Friday sale. No one, that's not interesting. In well, and they don't need to check in more than once exactly. a year. Exactly. So yeah. it's, I think it's the equivalent of, if every time you went to a brick and mortar, say bakery, every time mm-hmm. you went to this bakery, you like the bakery, you thought the food was good, but every time you go, it's closed. Yeah. Except for one time it was open on that Tuesday between two and four. And then you come back and, you know, and it's always closed. You're probably going to stop going to the bakery. Yeah. You know? I mean, I'll ask yeah. Bridget and Emily right now, if you guys follow a celebrity or like a cool person on Instagram but they haven't posted. You can't nod like, on radio; it doesn't and, work. <laughs> and you haven't po- and they haven't posted in say, you know, like I follow a lot of joke Instagram. So mm-hmm. if they haven't posted yeah. in like say, I don't know, uh, fifteen weeks. Mm-hmm. Are you going to keep following them? Probably no. not. No. So you probably unlike, right? But I won't. I won't even think about it. That's the problem is that I won't even think about it until one time they show up and it's just a sale, and then I'll click on their page and see. Oh, they're not even. There's no point in yeah. following yeah. them, really. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then, I, and then mm-hmm. I'll not like it because yeah. it's just. I'll, I'll that take makes... that. I'll take that retail example, and uh, and I think there's a lot of retail clothing retailers uh-huh. that think that oh, it's just like traditional marketing. They just want to know when we're going to sell stuff. Uh-huh. That is completely. That has completely changed. Okay. Clothing retailers, if they want to succeed now, amongst all the other competitors and people <laughs> who sell clothing need to start looking at the lifestyle they're trying to sell. You know, um, you know, if you look at um, J. Crew, like I think a couple summers ago, their whole focus was like on this Frenchy, preppy, but so there was a lot of stripes and red lipstick and ballet flats. And then sometimes in the summertime, they'll go into like sailing chic, you know, uh-huh. like, um, like, you know, like you, like, it seems like the editorial blue and sh- white stripes. Yeah, like and they were <laughs> shot off, you know, like the Kennedy compound or something. Yeah. And that's the look, and you're selling that lifestyle. There's a lot of other stores that have another kind of lifestyle, like you know, for younger people, for um, teenagers, like what is their scene and how do you portray that? So it really ends up being like you're selling a lifestyle mm-hmm. instead of just selling the clothing. If you uh, and well, I well that that is yeah. directly in line with mm-hmm. traditional marketing. Well, I mean, traditional marketing before, though, was really focused when they would do a big push Uh for printed paper Uh stuff. It was because they were selling something. It was a sale. Right. There was an actual sale. Well, there weren't as many choices. Well, social media now... Gives like you that choice is extremely like if you look at at at, at youthful modern brands, mm-hmm. they will almost never post about their sales. In fact, they almost never ever have sales because they don't need to because they're <laughs> selling out constantly because they're selling you on the fact that you know you live in Idaho mm-hmm. but you can dress like you're going to Coachella, you know, <laughs> or you uh, live help here. us out here, Coachella. <laughs> it's like a huge music festival, you oh, know, okay. or you live in Annapolis. But you want to look like, you know, you are, you know, in Southern California, like surfing. So you are are deciding, okay, I love this lifestyle. Uh I love that, like, this Instagram, they posted, like, pictures of a Mm -hmm. cute surfer guy. And then they posted pictures of, you know, two girlfriends, like, at a concert. And they did this and they did that. And... I love that. So I want now I have to buy these clothes. Now that is a very yeah. good example of how the basic concepts of marketing have not changed. But how you do it mm-hmm. is nothing like it was before. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you still have TV and magazine mm-hmm. stuff, but it so much of it now is online. Mm-hmm. But and it I is the too, same I concept. think too it's very subtle sell though. Because the consumer has gotten a lot yeah, smarter. It's a very, uh, it's consumer has gotten smarter. Like if you yeah. look at the copy mm-hmm. of 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 the of what accompanies these photos, mm-hmm. it's, sometimes it's like two words. It'll be like, "I love life." You know, they, there's nothing about she can actually count. She knows that is three, <laughs> three words. words. You know, <laughs> but they won't say like it won't say check out our sale. It won't say go right. to our website. That is 
like I've seen traditional marketing. Traditional marketing will That's have that is your the the time of the sale, yeah, how long it lasts, that it's a Labor Day weekend. If you look mm-hmm. at Macy's, their printed collateral looks exactly the same. Their online looks the same, you know. And I think it's because it is an older audience. I mean, Macy's is like America's department store. But if you yeah. look at much younger brands, um, new brands, um, and even older brands that are very innovative or high fashion, like. Dior or Lancome, like mm-hmm. they don't tell you to go look at their website anymore. They don't talk about flash sales. They don't talk about a big Labor Day, late Labor Day blowout. Because everybody's already online. Well, I think they them. just, uh, it's just, I think it's a, just a very sophisticated market now. I think mm-hmm. people, when you ha- when everyone has a smartphone and if Emily wants to buy a baseball for her brother right now, she could go in the bathroom, get on Amazon and do it in five minutes and come back and, you know, we can do all our errands that way. So if you yeah. really want to buy something, you'll, you're going to buy something. I think the whole thing is like to almost infiltrate the consciousness of someone <laughs> who's already sort of into your brand and make them think about you when they want something. Well... This has been true. Even I know this, that uh, it's about relationship marketing. Mm-hmm. I mean, all marketing is relationship marketing, but the relationships now are, first of all, they're two-way. Mm-hmm. They didn't used to be. But I, I think you said, Cynthia, they're subtler. Or was it you, uh, Bridget? About the consumer? That there's, that No, that the well, consumer's more educated. Mm-hmm. You said that, but... The friendship is more, or the relationship is more like an actual relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have a friend who you got to know, who is great at uh, fixing cars, mm-hmm. you don't go, hi, you're really cool. Can, can you fix my car? Mm-hmm. I mean, that may be how you met, but that isn't going to be part, if you're actually friends and not just, um, you know, vendor or customer, there's, most of your interaction is not going to be around fixing your car. Right. I think a good example of that is um, a lot of companies now have, um, they do Twitter uh, uh-huh. for kind of that kind of reason. For example, Taco Bell is one of the biggest, uh, their biggest platform is definitely Twitter because if people talk about Taco Bell, they find that on Twitter and they respond. Someone said, I love my Crunchwrap Supreme from Taco Bell. And they will respond. Even if they weren't tagged in it, they'll respond and say, so glad you enjoyed it. Like, hope you come again. And that's, that makes the customer feel special. The, yeah. The companies, big companies, have someone who just crawls the web mm-hmm. all the time mm-hmm. looking for comments. Mm-hmm. There's even yeah. people who yeah. scour their competitors. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I think um, there were airlines that were doing it mm-hmm. before where someone who complained about American Airlines got a tweet from, from Southwest, Southwest and mm-hmm. gave them... Like a voucher, yeah. like fifty bucks, fly with us. Comcast <laughs> I remember and hearing that, yeah. Like all, yeah. to each other all the time. But, yeah. but but the point is, these things are red. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah, have you seen Jimmy um, Jimmy Kimmel's oh, mean tweets? Oh yeah, no, they're so no, funny. I, don't uh, to mean anything. When when people tweet mean things about celebrities, uh-huh. uh, he <laughs> finds all of those mean tweets. Say it's. You know, Justin Bieber, someone said uh, something mean. He gets Justin Bieber on the show and he reads all of the mean stuff no. that people said about him. And it it's, is, it's hilarious. That actually, is funny. I, I thought so you meant hard. he t- retweeted them. Oh, no. That, no. He, he sat there and he has to great. read, yeah. Justin Bieber has a terrible haircut. And he's like, what? That's not nice. Yeah, he <laughs> well, it also Obama did. is, is yeah. completely irrelevant. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that, that's a... Boy, I'm going to have to watch, Kimball. That's really good. And brings up another point is that... Yes, people can say terrible things mm-hmm. about you online, but they're going to say them anyway. That, granted, they wouldn't get as much visibility, but this way you know about it, and you can, and you can do damage control right mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. But again, you, you, you've got to be online all the time. Mm-hmm. But, and, you know, this generation is, so that's oh, kind of okay. how, how that is coming full circle in that. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't know we, how you we are do all, it. online all the time. I'm online all day long. <laughs> so <Really? laughs> I, mean, I just don't get that. It, that's uh, just how I communicate with the world, mm-hmm. how the world communicates with yeah. me. So yeah, mm-hmm. it is. It is. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> but anyway, the point was, it's much more like an actual relationship mm-hmm. is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Right. Not all of your posts have to do necessarily even with your product. Mm-hmm. Just interesting things that you think people will want to see, mm-hmm. want right. to hear. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I, I haven't even noticed 
the tweets, the, the posts that you guys have put on Facebook. Well, I've, I've noticed some of them. But um, uh, I, I have to pay more attention to that. Of course, now that my pages are all combined, it's going to be <laughs> <Yeah>. easier. <laughs> but what, what are you looking up there, Cinta? Oh, I'm just, like, reviewing some of the, some of the oh, okay. other, our other metrics that we have okay. But that one, it just blew me away. It's, because I, you're... Um, I mean, it went from being just a line to about an inch high. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really. Um, for Instagram, for instance, um, you gain, on Instagram, you gain 18 followers. Oh, I'm on Instagram. Okay. 71 <laughs> likes. Um, on Twitter, you gained 133 followers. Um, Jeez. Yep. And that was from increasing your tweets 20%. 20%? about 20, well, about 18.8%. So just about almost 20%. We increased your tweets. So like Emily was saying is that she tries to bring regularity and like, that's what we aim Uh to do is provide, um, you know, our clients with the regularity online Mm -hmm. that they didn't have. I don't, you know, you, you, I think a lot of my clients have underestimated the importance of regularity to have a successful social media. Sure. That makes sense because you're thinking, well, if I don't need to reach my client, my customers right now, Mm -hmm. why should I say anything? Well, because it's a relationship Mm -hmm. and, oh, here's some, I just remembered I was going to say this. The average person in this culture is presented with about 7,000 bits of advertising per day. Mm-hmm. So, and, and all of these Facebook things do count. But if your pitch sounds like a pitch. No one wants to listen to that. No one wants to hear it. No. They're being sold all day. Mm-hmm. They don't want to hear it. That's a good way to lose them. Yeah. Like earlier when you were asking about titles for um, for my blog for post. your blog yeah what they what Emily suggested and it's a brilliant idea I think is some of my blog posts should relate to my radio shows mm-hmm. so go what ahead. you were asking earlier is should my title be five ways to improve your copywriting I think close enough that one or yeah. okay or um, should the title be you only have eight seconds dot 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 and five ways to improve blah, 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 is that's a pitch. You're, you're basically advertising at that point. You're mm-hmm. saying, this is what... Well, I no, actually, to- what it was, that was a, a book title. What it was was, should I say, what if your web copy worked right. for that's you instead book. of against you? Right. And again, that's kind of a, that, that's kind of a how-to kind of thing, is, is what you're expecting when you hear that mm-hmm. title. But eight seconds and you've lost... Or, you only have eight seconds, dot, 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 is that's and then you've a lost conversation. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you're starting a conversation with your reader. You're not saying, hey, I've got something that you should look mm-hmm. at and you're going to love this and it's, you know, whatever. You're mm-hmm. saying, hey, have you ever noticed this or something mm-hmm. like that? Mm-hmm. And then they're having that thought process, like, only yeah. eight seconds. Like, I didn't know that. And mm-hmm. then they want to read that. Right. And, and, and so, okay, I'm sticking with that headline. <laughs> uh, but... Um, and, and certainly, like, some headlines... Like, for you, that really is going to work because you're talk radio, so it should feel like a conversation all the time. Well, um, that headline does not refer to talk radio. Oh, okay. It refers to my writing and editing business. Oh, okay. But yeah. it I mean, works it's still, for it's radio. Work, yeah, but it works for, I think it works for that, too. I think, um, and it really depends on the branding of the company. You know, some, not every, not every, they're, Companies all have different voices. They have different, you know, word choices, different mm-hmm. diction is different. Um, when Bridget was interviewing, she was like, what's going to be my biggest challenge, you think? I think it's going to be hopping from voice to voice mm-hmm. to voice because um, I you think one of the things... You have to speak in your client's yeah. voice, not yours. In fact, we actually had a client for a while that was also a digital marketing agency mm-hmm. and we were doing <laughs> their... Digital marketing. <laughs> we're actually doing theirs because they were working on their clients. They didn't. Well, they, that makes. They sense. literally let theirs atrophy, and they yeah. wanted us to do it. And one of the struggles with Emily was our voice is, I think, very professional. Like we have mm-hmm. the SBP voice is very professional. They had a much more playful voice, uh-huh. and <laughs> Emily was like, "Oh my god!" And like they kept coming back to us like. You, we sound so stuffy. Like we needed to sound even more casual, and so I was like, Emily, we need to use like slang words, I guess. Yes. You know? Like, yeah. and so it's really trying to get into the voice, and yeah. I think um, 
It depends on the company. Because it, it's like when I do ghostwriting, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how well written it is. Mm-hmm. If it's my voice, it's bad. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It has exactly. to be the and voice then, of, the, of the author. Especially at SVP, you all have so many clients that... Wait a yeah. minute. What does that mean? Social Buzz Pros. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, oh, Sorry. your company, <laughs> Sorry. Social Buzz Pros. Um, okay. So they'll go from a playful voice like that, and then the next hour they have to switch gears, and they're writing yeah. for right. cybersecurity. And yeah. that's very professional, very technical. Yeah, at least when yeah. I'm working on a book, I usually get to work just that right. <laughs> for a little yeah. while. Um, but you guys have to switch all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Emily's idea for my posts to my blog posts, some of them to relate to my shows. Right. For instance, I did an interview with a woman who did research, she has a company that researched vaccines, if they were harmful or not for children. And that's a very controversial subject right now. So her suggestion was write a blog about that controversy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then what I did was just made a reference to this guest at the end and put in the link to her show. But the controversial topic is going to draw people mm-hmm. or it doesn't even have to be controversial things like i think one of them is five medical devices that changed the world mm-hmm. and they honestly did mm-hmm. and the common theme was they one one guy was involved in all of them and and he was my guest uh one week boy was that a coup yeah now pretty much everyone business or not knows to make to put posts on facebook right mm-hmm. But when I did that, and I did it at least once a week because I always uh, announced my show and then gave the podcast link afterwards. Mm -hmm. But what did you do, Emily, that took it from that? Because I was posting regularly. Why is it so? Why do I have that inch leap in in the graph? I mean, the more you post and the more active that your page is, the more likely that people will actually click on the link and get redirected back to your actual page. Because you don't know how they're going to fall into your site. So um, what I did was, you know, with the information that you gave me... Wait a minute. Say, do you mean by site? You don't know how they fall into your site. Do you mean your Facebook or your website? Both. Okay. In other words, you don't know how they got there. Exactly. What there. So okay. the more that you post... Um, to, you know, these social media platforms, the more likely that there is a chance that they will get redirected to where your blog, I mean, your podcast lives. Um, and that's how, you know, you see your jump in metrics because they will actually listen to that podcast based on the posts that we've uploaded to your social media sites. Okay. Uh-huh. There's a lot of things that we do that really enhance a post, you know, like I would say a like, bus- like a business owner would go... Oh, like you could say, hey, I announced my show every, I announced it every week. Yeah. How come I didn't get the same engagement that you got? When Emily announces a show, she's created a graphic. What she's written there is usually very specific that this is the time, this is when you're going to see me. Um, when she's written about prior prior guests and trying to get them to, to listen to an old, like an archive. To the archive. Right. To the archive. She will include a photo of them. She'll describe them. If they're on social media, she will tag that person. Like, you've had some former guests who've been tagged in recent posts being like, oh, oh hey, Susan, cool. Thanks mm-hmm. for remembering me. I mean, we've there's even been people on Instagram. That you've seen that found, on my site? There's even people on Instagram <laughs> that we've found on Instagram who were prior guests and we tagged them. And they were like, wow, cool. That was fun. You know, it's nice being on your show. And so tagging that actual other person, what you're doing is you're getting their attention. Uh And what they're going to do is like, oh, yeah, I was on that show once. And then they share it with a bunch Mm -hmm. of people. And maybe whoever missed it the first time gets to see it a second time. You know, these are the things that most people will not do. Any kind of social media post with a photo they, it's it's a, it's a seventy percent increase in engagement. Yeah. When I post, mm-hmm. there's always a link like this is where you can hear me, mm-hmm. and that is the only th- that's the graphic that shows. Mm-hmm. But can I put a graphic in? Yeah, you that, can. You can choose something else. Okay, so that would be with the link, but I can actually post a graphic in. You know, put a, a yeah, graphic you can in the post. The like, so, like, I believe Emily posted something about a prior guest and threw it up, and there was a picture of the guest. It wasn't just a picture of whatever directly feeds from the archive. 
because that's okay. a boring picture. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. It's, it it's the radio logo, yeah. It's a radio logo that looks exactly like the last radio logo post that you right. did, you know, so there's no differentiation. Like, Emily will post a picture of the product. So I, I can actually it. change that picture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. I did not know that. Okay. I'm wondering how many other people didn't know that. <laughs> Probably a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is the point. Yeah. There is so much to it. Well, I, Tell- I, I don't think people need to feel bad about it. I mean, the thing is, is I, I think what a lot of social media started as some a thing to do to waste time online. <laughs> it was not a big deal. I mean, Facebook came out when I was 22 years old. And I remember signing up for it and being like, meh. I don't know what this is about. Maybe I'll do it. You were like, yeah. you guys were like 12 years old when it came out. I mean, it was not. I was probably younger than that. Yeah, you were. It wasn't a big deal. And it took years for it to turn into a big deal. And I think it will take maybe another 10 years for it to really be like our life. You know, this is a, it's a, it's a, it's another life that we have. There's like our real life and then there's the online digital. life. Um, <laughs> and there's a lot of, I mean, you know, there's a lot of talk about the, about this digital life coming out of Silicon Valley where at some point it's just going to be life. Like it's not a separated thing anymore. So I do think that some people feel like, God, why can't I manage my own Facebook? It's like, yeah. It's so easy. I should be able to do it and I'm not paying anyone to do it. And then they figure out that well like invest in it, couple, you know, just invest in it a little bit and it can really improve your business because no, it's not that easy. It's not as intuitive as I think people think it is. And there's a big difference from posting a picture of your granddaughter with her cat <laughs> and being like, aren't they cute? And then going on to your law firm's website. You know, there's professional posting and then there's real. You yeah, know. but um, a lot of the professional people I know, in fact, most of them, I think, who know how to use media, will put a lot of personal things on there. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are realizing that's a really bad idea, and they shouldn't do that. Now, there's a lot of CEOs technically on Twitter. They're not writing that. President Obama was just on Jimmy Kimmel saying, I don't tweet my stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Someone else is doing it. I mean, like, I... I've worked with even, you know, um, professionals, like I've worked with lawyers that were practicing for many years Uh who felt that there was a big drop in their business in the past several years and they didn't understand why. And they're like, ah, you know, some young kid, he's just taking all my business. And then I go and look at the competitor's website and he just graduated from law school, but he has the nicest website around, you know, (laughs) so he's just devouring, you know, all the DUIs in Montgomery County, you know, and it's, and you know, between the between all of us, I'm sure if you got arrested for something, you probably want the guy who's had clocked in thousands of hours in front of the judge, not the kid who just graduated. But how are you going to find right, him right. if the kid who just graduated is the one who's got the best SEO and is showing up on that first page of Google yeah. you know, and has the fancy website? Well, I think this is always true, at, at least in marketing. If you keep doing what has worked for you in the past, you're going to lose customers mm-hmm. because things change. You have to change with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if he was doing, if that one lawyer was doing all of his marketing. By word of mouth. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is great as far as it goes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if that's enough for you, great, but it usually isn't. You can't do well. Like I was telling you, my uh, certain rankings I had online were much higher a year ago, and I had no idea why they fell suddenly. And it was because I was doing the same thing, but that was no longer what search engines were picking up. Well, I think too, you know, like in terms of your own strategy, we're looking at like focusing on doing podcasts for you, right? Mm-hmm. And. Um, there was a big surge in people listening to podcasts because of a specific podcast that was very popular last year. Things change, you know, a big trend will happen and then suddenly it's really, really popular, you know, and, um, you know, like there, um, and you never, it's hard to predict that you can't really predict it. You just have to be paying attention to that and then making sure once everyone's getting on the bus that you get on the bus too. (laughs) Yeah. Well, one thing that makes it difficult to do all of this yourself is that the websites keep changing the rules yeah i mean just this past 
April, Google changed their algorithm so that if you do not have a mobile responsive site, you will be penalized. Wait, if you do not have... A mobile responsive site, which is oh, a oh. site that will change shape based on the size of the oh, screen. Oh, okay, screen. okay. And so, and they gave like a little bit of, you know, allowances for a mobile version of the site. So uh -huh. even if it doesn't change, you have a smaller version that will uh -huh. show up. Um, but they were basically like, th those websites were going to really be ranked lower too. So, okay. um, basically there, so I have to ask my web designer about that. Yeah. I would ask her, is yeah. my site going to be responsive? Will it change shape? Yeah. Because you might get lost in cyberspace. Okay. Like they've really, okay. they, they want to crack down on that. See, that um, would never have occurred to me. Mm -hmm. That's another question I wanted to ask you. Give us some things that the average listener would never have thought of, but that are critically important. Now, a couple we've talked about, like post regularly and post things that don't necessarily have to do with business, mm -hmm. though not personal stuff. Don't show pictures of your baby. Mm -hmm. I, I know one person who puts up, I think I showed you the, the blog post. It was a picture of, I think it was like a 1950s or 60s, 60s high school home ec room, mm -hmm. which, well, no, it must have been, Later than that. But anyway, I, yeah, because I recognized it right away, and none of you guys did, and you all have taken home ec mm -hmm. in high school. And she puts that up and say, remember this? And her market all goes, yeah, yeah, I remember that. And she does that a lot. She puts up things, remember this? Yeah, that, that's something that has kind of um, mass appeal within a certain demographic. Stuff like that really does well mm -hmm. for your demographic. If you're posting things right. that have mass appeal, not personal appeal, but mass appeal. So what other things are there that we haven't talked about that are essential that no one would think of? I think another thing is having a good archive of visual content. Um, that is something that we struggle with with a lot of our clients. We're constantly pestering them, you know. Um, I don't even know what that means. Of, of photos. Yeah, I know, yeah. but what you say archive, where would the archive be? Um, if it is a... I mean, any company. Any I mean, company is it, no, but is it, is it like Facebook? It would be on Facebook, the photo archive? No, no, it's something you give to us to create oh. programming from. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and that's really important. So use your archive. Mm -hmm. So whatever photos for, you have, have it organized and send it over to your social media. Or if you're doing it yourself. Or even do it yourself. Mm -hmm. Just go back and pick mm -hmm. out some that were good mm -hmm. and yeah. use them to, to bring attention to it again. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would do that because, you know, like I said, the posts on social media that, have, that get so much more attention have pictures. Well, um, I, I learned that with business cards. Mm -hmm. If you have your picture on it, People will remember you. Mm -hmm. You know, they'll remember who you are, what you do. They'll keep the card. If there's no picture, it's like 75% less likely mm -hmm. that they'll keep it. Yeah. So, I mean, we just res we just respond to things that are visual. Mm -hmm. All of the also social networks we have that are becoming more and more popular are very visual. So they have to compete with each other. You know, like okay. before it was Facebook and Twitter that was pretty much text. Mm -hmm. And then Pinterest came and it was very visual. And right after, you know, or it was YouTube, which was very visual. Yeah. And then Pinterest was very visual. And then Instagram is just photos. So it's yeah. just, we're, we keep going towards more things that are just things that are focused on photos. In fact, mm -hmm. there was a study recently. We are a visual culture. It, there, there was a study done recently that Instagram photos that have more than 200 were, like letters in the caption are not read. And they're far less yeah. popular. Yeah. So, but if you have nothing, it's also unpopular. Yeah. So you have to find like this beautiful little money spot of seven to spot. ten words, mm -hmm. basically. Mm -hmm. um, you know where it just captures the photo. It's a there you go. Caption. So if you're posting on Pinterest, mm -hmm. have a, an engaging photo, of course, but a short. Caption. I would say on almost everything. That's okay. That's why on Twitter you only get 140 characters. Yeah. It's because that's the optimal length. Really? Because, yeah, you cannot post anything that's... Whoever... Popular. Well, I know that, but whoever created Twitter actually did that research oh, yeah. and found that that was optimal. I think, I think that... I was, was wondering where that limit came from. I think that was mostly because when Twitter started, that was kind of how they wanted it to be. They didn't want it to be Facebook, which can be so bogged down with uh -huh. text. Mm -hmm. They wanted it to be like a little bit snappier.
And then I think um, another thing that's essential is just managing your expectations and knowing that there needs to be like a time and sometimes monetary investment into Mm -hmm. starting up your social media. You know, I think if you think monetary would be hiring someone to help you. Yeah. And also investing in some paid ads and, you know, some paid boosts and stuff like that. I think, um, you know, we've had clients, a lot of them are startups. And I think that the struggle with startups is that they are so into what they have created. They have a very difficult time understanding that they did not just embed Wonder Bread, you know. <laughs> and when you tell them, "Hey, you got to spend some money, a little bit of money here to boost this or to gain more followers or whatever it is," I mean, there is really like a threshold. Once you have hit a couple hundred followers, mm-hmm. the, they just start rolling in by themselves. They just do, and it's because of organic reach. Okay. There's there's two different things. There's a thing that we call paid reach. Uh-huh. These are um, that's like paid ads. Yes, mm-hmm. and it's, you're also paying the platform, whether it's Twitter or Facebook, to uh-huh. give you a priority. Oh, okay. Seat, basically, so when you're looking at a news feed, they're putting you right there in front of mm-hmm. all the people you want to be in front of. So they're really strongly encouraging people to, to like whatever page or but, account. But what you what you said before about they they you can't convince them they haven't invented Wonder Bread, even if they have. Yeah. What a lot of entrepreneurs don't understand is that doesn't mean they know how to sell it. Yes, mm-hmm. that's right. And I think that you see and you know these platforms have paid options for a reason, you know, like, cause they want to make money and they're not uh-huh. going to give you that priority seat until you've spent a little bit of money. So how much are we talking here? Cause I, I've never heard of that. Uh, I, I, actually, know, I know the paid I, ads. I ran, are, I ran paid ads for you last month and look at what you got. Yeah. I, and I, I know mean, they are very And I think I only spent maybe 25 or $30 for you. 25 or $30. And we got that yeah. big inch. So, okay. you know, if oh, it's that, yeah. Oh my God. So if you're a company where you're like, okay, I'm just gonna, you know, and and be kind of smart about it and say, mm-hmm. I'm gonna give, I'm gonna hire you guys, and you're gonna get, here's a $500 budget for our paid ads. You're gonna be, it's gonna be on, like you know, like it's gonna be <laughs> happening really quickly for you. I mean, $500 can make once, that much of a difference. These my experience days. is once mm-hmm. a company has reached about 600, 700 likes or followers wherever it they just start rolling in okay what's that's a good point what's the difference real quickly between likes and followers it just depends on whatever the the social like on facebook you get likes likes. on twitter you get followers it's just whatever platform oh okay okay no i that's not the question i meant to ask between friends and likes oh okay um well, not everyone who likes your picture is going to follow you, mm-hmm. and not everyone who follows you is going to like every single picture. So yeah, it's different kinds of engagement. Um, I would say that likes tend to come, are you get, we'll get probably get, I don't know, it, it, it's just different kinds of engagement, okay. you know, like it really, it's like diff- television and radio and, and magazine no, ads. No, 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 I mean just you're, you're getting people at different, you're reaching people different, differently, but yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I think, I think that sometimes the likes will come first and people like four or five things in a row and they say, huh, I like a lot of this, so I'm mm-hmm. just going to follow them. But yes. sometimes people will like five or six things and be like, okay, whatever, I'm done. Yeah. So friends are but, forever, likes are for that post. Yeah, it can be. Okay. And so and then so a follower is like, but say Bridget was an Olympic swimmer and she was a huge fan of you, then she probably liked the, the feed because uh-huh. even if I'm it always going to be uploading stuff yeah. that this okay. person's going to like. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and that's the same. And I think that that kind of, that is generally true for like Facebook. So a lot of the people who follow your page are probably people who really like to listen to your show and they listen to it regularly. You know, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what we're trying to do for you now is to get you as much visibility as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, get you on, you know, iTunes, assume, mm-hmm. you know, this month, try to get you up on iTunes. And, and what I want the audience to know here, what I want my listeners to know is I have the least comprehensive package mm-hmm. that they offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, in, in other words, you've got other chances to have them do so much more mm-hmm. for you, yeah. which I will eventually do. Okay, so again, my guests are Emily Bishop, Bridget Rungi. Rungi. It's a hard one. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and 
Cinta Jimenez, the owner of Social Buzz Pros. And again, you find them at socialbuzzpros.com. So this is great. Thanks for being here. Thank Thank you. you. And you've been listening to In Other Words, part of Perfect World Network Radio. You can find us at pwnradio.net. You can find me, your host, Susan Scher, and my editing and writing business at inotherwordsgroup.com. Thanks so much for joining us. Join us again. Bye-bye. In Other Words. In other words.